you are an entrepreneur, a professional, a speaker, or a coach, and although you've come a long way, it's time for you to take it to the next level. We've got you. This is the Author to Authority Podcast. We'll help you use authority and influencer marketing to build your business stronger and faster by publishing a book. You'll hear from guests that are thought leaders in sales, marketing, networking, communication, social media, promotion, and business leadership. Let's do it. This is the Author to Authority Podcast. And now your host, the extraordinary word ninja, Kim Thompson Pinder. Welcome to the Author to Authority podcast. And if my pre-conversation with Dom is going to be like our episode today, I think we are in for a fun and wild time. Now, Dom Breitmans is a DTM. And if you don't know what that means, he is a distinguished Toastmasters. So he has reached the highest levels in the Toastmasters organization, and that is not an easy thing to do. He's also a certified trainer with the Maxwell Leadership Team. He's a best-selling author, host of the Going North podcast. Hey, I'm Canadian. I like Going North. And it's a podcast committed to featuring authors from around the world to promote the power of the written word and inspire listeners to publish books on their own. His mantra is advance others to advance yourself. And obviously, as a publisher, I love that bio. So welcome to the show, Dom. Thank you, Kim. Appreciate you for having me on the HCA show, Author to Authority, baby. Let's give everybody <laughs> some nightsticks, metaphorically. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dom, I want you to, this is your first time on the Author to Authority podcast, so I want you to take a few minutes and just share a bit about your story. You know, how did you come to, you know, work with the Maxwell leadership team? How did you start your podcast? And what kind of what kind of results are you seeing from the podcast in terms of impact on people's lives? Uh, thanks so much for that question, indeed. And thanks again for having me on your podcast, Kim. Definitely honored, indeed, especially at the stage where we're kicking it into the high gear stage and putting out more content. And for me and my story, like my goodness, it actually started back in late 2012 after having a setback sandwich of having to become the parts one of the part-time caregivers for my dying father because we discovered he had alzheimer's to a month and some change later on my 21st birthday getting into a car accident and then part-time job at the library i had a part-time job then and two weeks later after that car accident I had a meeting with the boss where she basically pointed out some areas where i was screwing up and that showed me so many lessons and those mm -hmm. lessons if not one of them led me to realize you know what there's some pain here let's get out of the pain territory let's get into the power territory and had a desire for change so decided to start reading more books and realizing wait a second these are books i should have got in high school i would i would have actually liked reading back then i actually fell in love with reading again because the books they give you in the grade school it's like hey they put you asleep i still remember reading one book and i got to page two and i fell straight asleep and then i woke up to a <laughs> house later saturday night and i was like hey what the heck happened and next thing i know i'm like oh i guess my english class ain't looking so good this year already <laughs> so, books like no. those put down but books by john maxwell brian tracy countless others heck even joe vitale 
one of the many authors like picking up books like those changed my life forever and what really helped me to change my life is taking the action advice that they give in those books because that's what will set you apart because you can read books for entertainment all day even books that are really aren't meant for entertainment per se and that actually helped me to advance further than before to where I hired a coach about a good let's say two years after that to help me make a quantum leap to Published my first ever book that was written on a dare called Going North Tips and Techniques to Advance Yourself. And then about a good nine months of some change later, finally releasing my podcast, Going North, based off the book where I interview authors all over the world to give them a platform to share their stories. All because I fell off of marketing my own book because sadly, six months after Going North was published, my father passed away after that darn long battle with dementia so again moments of pain will help you to realize you know what i want to get into that power zone of life and to take back your power you're gonna have to take massive intentional action and you're gonna have to be consistent at it and that podcast (laughs) seven i guess technically 800 episodes later since there's a lot of bonus episodes has yielded a lot of personal growth heck even opportunities that never would have appeared to me before and opportunity that never would have even considered and the fact that i'm even on this show today all because of just taking that action back in late 2012 where i realized you know what i have a desire for change let's take some massive intentional action to make it happen wow you know i loved how you framed that and i think framing is the right word for it because you you were in pain i mean there's no doubt about it the mental and emotional anguish of watching someone you love go through Alzheimer's is incredible. Until you've experienced it and you've watched this vibrant person shrivel down into nothing and they don't remember anything anymore. It Okay, there are a lot of heartbreaking things in this world. That is one of them. I don't want to say it's the most heartbreaking because that's not true. But, you know, when you watch a parent who has loved you and raised you, and they no longer even remember who you are anymore. It just, it takes something out of you. And and then the car accident and then, you know, your library thing, that was, that wasn't too good, but that turned into a really good thing because you worked at the library, you had access to books. So I really can understand how you, you felt in that time, but I loved how you framed it. You said, you know what? I'm in pain, but I don't have to stay there. And I think that that is a crucial point for anyone who's going through difficult times in your life right now you may be in pain physical mental emotional spiritual you know whatever it is financial whatever pain you're in but it doesn't mean you have to stay there so i love that part of your story dom thank you i loved how you talked about joe vitale i've actually i haven't met him in person but i was part of a mastermind group with him and oh he's just an amazing person just some people there's just not the words to describe the impact they have in your life And Dom's nodding his head. It's so true. (laughs) So Dom, let's work a little bit more on your story here. So you you are a distinguished Toastmaster. When did that happen? Yes, it actually happened uh, the year before the year that should not be named. Uh, Back in 2019, it was actually a good six-year journey. Because funny enough, Toastmasters, for those who don't know, it's a nonprofit organization. Been around for 90 plus years that helps folks to become better leaders through communication most notably public speaking 
because if you could conquer your fear of public speaking, if you have it, that is, then you can basically conquer just about anything else. Because there's the classic joke of, hey, the person giving the eulogy would rather switch place with the person in the casket because they're so scared talking in front of other <laughs> folks. So it's like if you can really conquer your fear at that level, you'll definitely put yourself over the edge. And I originally joined Toastmasters just to network with people and to find the speaker for a public speaking seminar at my church at the time because I consider myself a good speaker already because at growing up in a in a Baptist church where mm-hmm. you basically had to recite scriptures every week in front of hundreds and hundreds of folks, sometimes a thousand folks in your church, it's like, eh, I think I, I think I'll be okay with the little public speaking. I mean, I've done it before. But I actually stayed because I realized that I was leaving blessings on the table if I would have left because the thing was after my seminar for the church that went off without a hitch or should I say went off or went over extremely well there was a hitch at the end never put our audience participation on your uh, outline agenda because the the keynote the speaker they stay 90 people stayed in the room for the whole speech Second half, only seven people stayed. <laughs> That's that fear of public speaking for real. You start off with 90 people, break time, come back seven people. <laughs> like, anyways, lesson learned there. But anyways, after that, I decided to join another club and get more speaking opportunities. And that's actually where I heard my first coach give his speech, how to act like a leader. And the ACT mm-hmm. was audacious, contagious, and tenacious because you have to be audacious. If you really want to go after what you want, you got to be contagious. Leaders are those mm-hmm. with influence. We are all folks. If you're going to be an authority, you have to have true influence. It, it doesn't even matter the level of influence. You don't need a million followers to make a difference. You just need to make a difference right where you are right now and keep taking the right action and adjust as you go and then you have to be tenacious because you have to keep going because with toastmasters it taught me tenacity for the first time in my life when i was an area director overseeing five clubs i was invited to speak all over the dmv the delaware maryland virginia area and giving multiple speeches a week it lost my voice (laughs) and it was like wow (laughs) like oh man so this is how it feels and uh drank some honey tea some some honey some tea some chamomile tea tried to keep my mouth shut a bit and was able to get my voice back but it just showed how hard i was really going and it just taught Mm -hmm. me dedication how to be a leader because it's also a sandbox for leadership too because one toastmaster particular mentioned like hey if you can actually get into district leadership of area director or even division where you're overseeing a certain amount of clubs and you have direct reports it's basically a sandbox for starting your own business because the thing is business will help you to develop yourself <laughs> as you probably yeah. know very well, Kim, of all the years of business where you try one thing and then you pivot to another thing and then you have to yeah. reinvent yourself and do something totally different to where it's like, okay, I think I'm in my lane now. And it's like, oh, no, they're about oh, to run it me is off the road. Oh. It's a journey with a very crooked road. <laughs> yeah you're like driving up a mountain it's a one-lane mountain road sometimes (laughs) oh sometimes you feel like you're sliding backwards more than you're going forwards but you know during that time i you know i was like oh god like how am i going to do this and you know you look back on it and you you see where god led and guided and you know where i learned about myself and like you said, it, everything brought me to this moment where I'm doing something I completely, totally love and is in sync with 
you know, who I am and, and who God created me to be. And I didn't reach the heights you did in Toastmasters, but I did spend about five or six years. I chose not to do the DTM because I needed to focus on my business. But Toastmasters was an amazing experience for me. I joined because my best friend, the club was dying. And we're in a small rural area. The club was dying. My friend said, listen, I need to bring a guest. My best friend in the whole wide world says, Kim, I need to bring a guest. Will you come with me? When it's your best friend asking, you're like, sure, I'll go with you. But I went once or twice and I was hooked. I, I thought this is exactly what I need. I was a decent speaker, but there was a lot of areas I needed to improve in. My um, ahs and so's were particularly bad. Over time, Toastmasters became an amazing tool to increase my speaking ability, to increase my confidence. Table topics alone was worth all the years that I was in there. So if you if you don't know what table topics is, basically you get given a topic and you have to speak on it for one to two minutes without any prep time. And that has served me so well, in, not only in business, it has served me on this podcast and it has made me confident in any situation. And so I'm going to give you guys a little hint and tip and trick I learned from Toastmasters. And then we're going to get into the training section because we've only got about 15 minutes. So I want to give Dom a chance. But if someone asks you a question or tries to put you into a situation where you have to speak about something you don't want to speak about, don't just change the topic. I remember one time they were talking about, you know, believing in magic. And I said, well, I guess there's a lot of people who do believe in magic. I don't believe in magic, but here's what I do believe in. And I talked about hard work and, and making things happen because, you know, you have a good work ethic. I just totally completely changed the topic. <laughs> Call those politopics <laughs> like a politician dodged a question. <laughs> Sometimes you sometimes you get asked difficult questions. You know, yeah. sometimes it's better just not to answer the question. You know, if I'm <laughs> sitting in a room of, of people who really, really, really believe in magic, I'm not going to sit there and talk about all the reasons why I don't believe in magic. I just kind of said, you know what, magic's not my thing. I didn't tell them why it's not my thing. I just said magic's not my thing. But here's something I'm really into. No one even really noticed. They're like, Oh, yeah, that's really good. So just, just a little hint and tip for our author to authority audience. Now, Dom, you've come prepared today to talk about why authors with published books should start a podcast. And I'm going to let you loose for a bit to talk about that. And then I'll ask you some questions around it. Book casting, definitely. When it comes to having a book, you're going to have to set yourself apart because if I'm not mistaken, there's millions upon millions of authors on Amazon being produced daily. In fact, ever since 2020 happened, where folks had a lot of free time, we had the baby boom in the 1900s. Well, <laughs> 2020 led to the book boom of the 2020s because folks had all that free time. And I've actually talked in interview to quite a few of those authors because they're like, man, <laughs> I got all this free time. If I ain't got no book now, then I go have no excuse. I'm going to be scared to show my face among others. And it's like, okay, I published my book. Now what? Next step is to actually start a podcast because it helps you to stay acquainted with your readers. And that even both Kim and I were actually at PodFest 2023 this past January. Yes. And my talk was bookcasting, how to turn your nonfiction book into a podcast using the three R's of content creation. That conference was freaking packed. I'm like, dude, it 
it was like it's like 80 speakers like there's no way in saying heck you're gonna hear everybody like tr- you're cool trust me but <laughs> my goodness you, you get to you get to hear the shortened version of today because the three hours of content creation the first one is record because when you have your book already you already have your content piece and the big thing about marketing your books and your products and your business is that you're going to be repurposing things down the road because one, it makes your life a lot easier. Two, there's folks who haven't found you and loved on you enough yet to see it the first time. And three, when you create multiple pieces of content, you're marketing yourself in multiple ways with Instagram posts. I know TikTok posts are extra popular now, even though I'm not on TikTok because I don't have the bandwidth for that. Yeah, exactly. And I'm a freaking millennial saying that. So go figure. Like, <laughs> just creating multiple. I, I'm not pieces. a millennial. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Trust me. I, I'm just using that as encouragement for folks of multiple age groups because it's like, oh, hey, the millennials know everything about social media. They probably own all of them. Like, nah, nah, nah. TikTok. I'm like, bro, no. I barely update my LinkedIn profile. Like, dude, like, <laughs> that's where it should be anyway. It's like, like, I don't need another darn social media. But anyways, yeah, just creating those multiple pieces of content and recording. And some of the most popular authors have the same framework for their books. And that even John Maxwell himself, a lot of his books are repurposed content, republished and repurposed content that has been shined and polished up. Because the thing is, when it comes to being an authority, when you're an author, you want to become an authority, a thought leader, you're going to have to have multiple pieces of content to put yourself out there. So that way folks can find you in multiple ways. You can find your customers and your clients where they're at. So that way, when they come to your site, they're like, oh, they've been doing this for a freaking while on a podcast is a great way to do it, especially when you guest on other podcasts to promote your podcast. So that way you can have more social proof that you know what you're talking about. And mm-hmm. that's helped me to gain business and that even some past guests on my show, my interview-based show, have actually asked me for business. They asked me actually asked me for help. I even recorded an audiobook for a friend of mine and made fifteen hundred dollars off of that because I did the recording and the editing form and put it up on audible form. And mm-hmm. just that was just from doing a podcast and coming from a place of service. Even merchandising opportunities, just really consistently putting content out there and adjusting it as you go along, because a lot of folks may have that fear in the beginning is of like, oh my gosh, I don't want to start. I'm scared. I don't have the right equipment. Like my voice, I hate hearing my own self talk. Trust me, everybody hates hearing themselves talk. Even me, I hated hearing myself talk, even preparing for a role. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I partly like I'm over. About 300, I think you're 351, 350, episode 351, 352. But the first 88 episodes are available nowhere because I switched hosting and I don't know what I did, but I messed everything up so badly that I lost those 88 episodes and I've just never had time to upload them again. So I've decided that, well, actually, when you guys are listening this April, this will already have taken place. But starting in March, I'm going to be putting up an episode from the vault each week so i'm going back and i'm listening to them and i'm like i'm like oh my voice and you know just the way i did things back then because i had no clue what i was doing i i jumped in with two feet and now yes i did have a podcast coach but the coach was more for you know how do you grow your business through the podcast 
not necessarily how do you interview people. <laughs> and I look back now and I'm listening to some of those episodes and I'm like, oh, I can't believe I said that. So maybe that episode's <laughs> not one of the ones that are going to be coming back out of the vault. But <laughs> the only way you get better is by doing it. And in the beginning, it may, oh, it may just even suck. So I'll share a quick thing with you. My podcast mentor said, you know, for your first couple episodes, find the most famous people that you know that would be willing to be on your podcast. And I knew Bob Berg and I had him on my podcast. He was the first guest episode I did. I was so nervous, Dom. I was so nervous. I just stuck to the questions that Bob gave me because I could not think of anything to say. He had to carry the whole conversation, which is fine because he's Bob Berg. He's amazing at doing that. But I was like, in the future, maybe I would have saved Bob for like about the 50th episode after I'd had some practice first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's schools of thought with that because it's so true. It's like, yeah, have a big guess for your first episode so that way you can have a lot of eyes on your show. But it's like <laughs> sometimes that may not be the case. Like with, and I'm pretty sure you've seen this too with your numbers. Sometimes it depends on what your episode is titled. Like you could have the most famous person in the world, but they've told the story multiple times over. But you may have your local neighborhood hero that'll share your interview all over the darn community and yeah. over the darn world, and it'll outperform the big yeah. the big wigs who've been on podcasts for freaking years. So yeah, <laughs> there's multiple schools of thought with that. So, so Dom, I want to I want to get back into the starting a podcast because you and I could probably just chat all day. What would be some actionable steps that the audience, my audience, can use right now to start moving towards, you know, starting that podcast? Yep, sure thing. Well, definitely pick up John Lee Dumas's book. I believe it's Podcasting on Fire. I'd say that was probably the most practical, helpful book on podcasting at the time that really helped me to get going because he gave practical tips and he even included videos. I'm pretty sure it's still up. That book's got hundreds of reviews. That one helped me to get over the edge with that one. Listen to great podcasts like this one and others going North podcast to get some ideas of how you want to do your show. And not only that, take some action bit by bit. Find out why you want to start a podcast, too. And with this audience in particular, those who have books, those who have a business, those are the best people to start podcasts. Because the thing is, with the podcast, you've got to be in it for the long haul. Like sometimes you don't see results for six to 12 months, depending on how often you post and what your podcast is about. So find out why you want to start a podcast. My podcast started because I wanted to promote my book. And I decided to record. And as I went along, I revised and found some editing technology. Adobe Audition helped me out revise. And then came time for release, the third and final are <laughs> releasing content. I made sure I put an episode up every Thursday. And heck, even December that first year, 2017, I put up an extra episode called it Double Portion December. I don't do that now because I already put three episodes up a week at this moment. I'm, I don't need to do that anymore. And the thing was that consistency led to being noticed by Steve Olsher and putting me on his list for top 10 self-help podcasters in the world for three years in a row because I stayed consistent. So find out why you want to start your show. Pick up some books, listen to some great successful podcasts, get some tips from them, and then focus on 
I want to say focus on who your listener is. And to be honest, the easiest way to do this is focus on who you were, I'd say, one to three years ago. Because the thing is, if you're going to make content, the easiest way to get your avatar is to think of the person you were three years ago who needs help in that certain area. So if you want to show to to help authors, how are you that author three years ago? What would have helped you out? Will it be an interview-based show? Will it be a mix of both? Sometimes I do selfie cast where it's just a just me dropping content dropping a teaching lesson Mm -hmm. and then after that making sure you have fun with it too because yeah you should have really a business or a product to sell when you have a podcast but also still have fun with the two like with kim and i laughing early and laughing throughout the show like i like to have fun richard branson a billionaire he likes to have fun Mm -hmm. like some of the best tips for success, like the, it's this my favorite Jeffrey Gittimer quote, is that if you can make them laugh, you can make them buy. To take it to the next level, if yeah. you can make people laugh, you can help people buy into their own next level of greatness because laughter is medicine for the soul. And then they'll mm-hmm. release that. And especially on an interview-based show, it'll help your guests to release more information. Sometimes information that they didn't even want to release at the point. At the moment, another reason why my show's uh, not a live recording because I've had one guest in the past in particular where she shared a story and it sounded like it was a sexual abuse situation, but she didn't, she wasn't comfortable sharing that yet. I let her know, like, hey, if you want me to take that part out, let me know. And she's like, yeah, take that part out. So that that's nothing to keep in mind is that, hey, humor is great. Try to be the best person that you can be and grow as you go. Like, like Kim mentioned earlier, yeah. she wasn't perfect in the first eight episodes i sure as heck wasn't perfect in my first 180 some episodes i felt like my stride really came in like episode 185 maybe for me yeah (laughs) even joe rogan said that himself his his stride came in episode 200 so it's gonna take time so grow as you go have fun figure out why you want to start your show and make sure you stay consistent and adjust as you go along I love it. There's something that you said about podcasting, and we'll just take a moment to focus in on that. It is a long-term game. If you're thinking you're getting into podcasting, you're going to release 20, 30, 40 episodes, and you're going to have this massive audience and all this kind of stuff. Um, let, let's, it was funny. <laughs> at, at PodFest in January, I was at one of the workshops, and he was talking about you know, you release an episode or you release something and you're hoping for a response and you get crickets. One of the reasons I'm just starting now to do a lot more individual episodes. The reason I didn't do individual episodes was sitting talking to a camera by myself is really hard. That's why I decided to do interviews because I do better when I've got someone to talk to. Actually, for a long time, you know, my best friend was the co-host for the show. We would do episodes together because we fed off of each other and we knew each other quite well. So some of our episodes were quite hilarious. We talk about things that happened back when we were teenagers. We had one episode where we celebrated 30 something years of friendship and we told funny stories about each other and and laughed and, you know, but we also shared about some of the hard things that we went through and, and how our friendship has made such a difference in our lives. I loved what you said there. And just, you know, take courage. If you're starting a podcast, it's a long game and be prepared for it. And just 
keep remembering that each episode that you do is content you can repurpose. You can, you know, record, repurpose, release. You know, those 88 episodes are coming back out of the vault. Well, maybe not 88, probably about 52 of them. I'm going to do it for a year. (laughs) There's a few episodes in there. It's like, no, this is not coming out of the vault. Turn them into blog articles. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> but you see, but you just said something gold there. See, because the thing is, too, is you can take those episodes and turn them into blog posts. And maybe you are not the greatest writer, but there's a lot of places where you can get cheap transcriptions, or you know, there's even places on Fiverr. I know everyone's against Fiverr. I've there are some not great people on Fiverr, but there are some really talented people on Fiverr for a few bucks. We'll take that audio and write a nice blog post for you mm, and put it up. True. More content. Yep. Make an infographic. Go on to Canva. Canva's 100% free. Listen to the episode again. Take notes. You know, you had the three hours of content. I can now go into Canva, take one of the infographic posts, take a, you know, the three R's and a, and a sentence you said about each. I've now got an infographic that I can use to repurpose for content. Oh, <laughs> it's R and R with an extra R. <laughs> right. If you want content, that that's the thing about a book and a podcast. I, I'm actually a marketer's dream because I've got so much content for me. It's, you know, most marketers are like, you know, we're striving to get our people, our clients to create content for us. And me, it's like, okay, I've got so much. You're going to have to help me sort through this and figure out how to use it all. Because uh-huh. I've got 350 <laughs> podcast episodes. I've got a book. I'm working on a series of 52 articles for this year that's going to become evergreen content. I'm posting, going to be posting it up on LinkedIn. It's going on the podcast website, my RTI publishing website. That'll be starting in March. You know, like I've got more content than I know what to do with. <laughs> Thanks to the podcast and my book. The drawback of being a creative, it's like, oh, I create so much content. So, Dom, we've got about a minute and a half left. So, I want to give you an opportunity. If people have enjoyed today's episode and they want to connect with you, what's the best way to do that? Sure thing, Kim. Thanks again for those who want to connect with yours truly, Dom Brightman. Head over to Dom brightman.com and that's where you can hear the going north podcast especially when kim comes on to promote her book and hundreds and hundreds of other authors and there's even a free gift there too if you want to subscribe to the email list but all that's on dombrightman.com so come on to the side get lost in my world don't worry there's no mod control but if you start telling corny jokes to people the mod control is working I was kind of hoping you'd invite me to be on your show. (laughs) Oh, we're switching positions. You love to see it. (laughs) Oh, this is going to be fun. I want to thank you, Dom, for coming on and just really sharing from the heart today. I think, you know, this was a lively, light episode, but I hope the listeners realize the gold nuggets that you have laid down today and the encouragement that this is a long-term process and to just keep going keep going stay the course right until you reach that that success in your podcast so this has been dom brightmon and kim thompson pinder on the author to authority podcast thank you so much for listening and we'll see you on the very next episode bye now 
You've been listening to the Author to Authority podcast. The extraordinary word ninja, Kim Thompson Pinder, has helped over 200 entrepreneurs, professionals, speakers, and coaches write and publish their books that have become incredible marketing tools for their business. And many of those have gone on to become Amazon best-selling authors and have used their books to land high-level clients and get on big stages. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit the website at www.author2authoritypodcast.com. See you next time.